the show on Faith FM. We have come into the second hour. Sun is streaming through our window here in the studio. And we are going to have another clue for the quiz. Blair? Absolutely. Who am I? My hair grew so heavy that I had to cut it. It weighed 200 shekels by the royal standard. That is epic. That is a lot of hair. That hairy man. This person here would have, yeah. Well, no, I, I was about to say something that would give it away, so I'm, I'm going to restrain. But if you think you know the answer to that clue, you can text it into zero four nine one zero six four six six nine or call, and you can get your name in the running to win our three-set book of the Dr. Paul White's Jungle Doctor series. We also know that this man, it says, like, he was, like, tall and attractive. Oh, extra bonus clues. Yeah, so I'm, I'm just, just just some little things. Yeah, but we want to know what you think. Maybe maybe you're a lady out there listening. Do you think long hair on a man is actually the way to go? Because that, that is some serious hair. So you went like, where I wasn't going to go, because I was going to say this guy would have a real man bun type vibe, but no, then but I gave away the gender. Far, then- it's far bigger than that. Yeah. Yeah. Well, we already know that he was the son, like he of of someone. So we we were here. No, 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 we don't. Yes, we do. Oh no, he did sleep with his father's concubine. Yeah. So that gives it away. That gives it. We already, <laughs> yeah, we already yeah, that know that. Away. True, true. Like, okay, that's like, all right then. Come on, boy. <laughs> <laughs> My bad. But um, yeah. So I, I'm 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 just wondering. What is the practicality of having hair like that? That's insane. Yeah. Hey, tell us what you think. 0491-064-669. And also, get in with the correct answer as well. We just had D type in, get in with the correct answer. So, congratulations. Hey, I got a text message here from Brayden. And Brayden writes, here's what I think about the analogy to the sin talk. If you go and propose to someone, but only allow them to choose you, you cannot then guarantee the other person actually loves you. The same is true if you propose and allow yes or no, but say if you choose no, you will die. Thus, without freedom to choose not to love, love cannot be guaranteed. Mm, Flawed example, yes, but only flawed because of our fallen nature. But I, I think it's a very apt example. Absolutely, in, it is. In, yeah. In fact, I once shared a... Um, I, in England, there's a place called Speaker's Corner mm-hmm. where you can go and just get on a box and just speak and mm-hmm. all the audiences and crowds, people milling around, come and listen to you if you've got something worth saying. And that, that is that is my dream. Oh, it was awesome. So did you I, get on the box? Absolutely, I did. <laughs> I went there. I took a got up on a milk crate and started preaching about how you know hellfire and how God and eternal hellfire couldn't exist. Mm-hmm. And one of the points that I raised was that one that Braden's just texted in there. You know, if God says um, love me, but then the if you don't love me and choose me, the alternative is death, destruction. Blah, blah, blah. You know, it's um. <laughs> It's not really much of a choice, is it? Sure. Yeah, absolutely. Oh, interesting stuff. It that was fun. It was so fun. So cool. Yeah, I filmed it actually. I should show you the video. Ah, yeah, I love that. Yeah. Oh, I need to get, which part of England is is this in like London? Yeah, it's right there in the, in a big um I forget the exact area, but it's a big um like big, big square. park, yeah, yeah, and then speaker's corners right there. That's awesome. Are there people like congregating around? Yeah, or? heaps of people. Oh man, I have, yeah. st- I have there's probably stuff to at say. the same time there's probably like six, seven people talking and everyone just chooses to go where they want to go and I can't wait I'll, to get up and you know, I'll read portions from the vegan Bible, which we were talking about <laughs> oh, earlier. No, and, and it's it's funny because it's like I'm I'm vegan. Like I myself I'm Me vegan. Too. 
And then, so we're vegan, but then we read about that, and it's just like someone changing the Bible is just absolutely too much. appalling. Yeah. Like, this is awful. Problematic. Oh, stop it. This is ridiculous. I, I was also thinking, too, as we're talking about, uh, we were talking about the analogy in regards to sin and its existence. One of the things that I often think, and the question that I get pressed with, with is, okay, well, sin, you know, is the opposite of of love, uh, and you know, we have the choice to to go and to sin, but did God then need to conceptualize sin's existence in order, you know, to for people to be able to do it? So then the question comes back, if God is the author of everything, is God responsible for sin? You know, is, is, it, is it inevitable that we would sin and, and God is ultimately responsible for that? I don't know. Have you ever thought about that before, Blair? Mm. I know. I know because we, we addressed and we talked about it, It's like, oh, well, no, like it was. It's not God's fault for sin. It's Satan's choice. But if Satan even had the ability to conceptualize it, then where did it come from? Yeah. It's, it's a tough one. And I kind of tackle it with a bit of an analogy as well. And my analogy, it's called the swimming pool analogy. And it goes like, or the diving board analogy. And it goes like this. Imagine you own a diving board and you're like one of those super deep pools that goes mm-hmm. underneath it, right? And you set up this diving board and it's one for professionals. So people can get on it and do whatever they want. They can do as many flips as they like. They can they can do anything. So there's, vi- there's lots of liberty, right? There's lots of liberty. But there's only one restriction. And that restriction is don't dive off the diving board while someone else is in the pool below you because there's the potential that you'll land on them and get seriously injured. That's like the only restriction. Now, does me creating that restriction means that I am res- like I actually uh, am responsible then for someone going and disobeying that restriction? No. And uh, did I create necessarily the 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 concept of what would happen if you break that law and i think the answer is is no right i think that when god when whenever there is a restriction or wherever there is a right way the the opposite way is automatically conceptualized it doesn't necessarily need to exist or it does it isn't necessarily created by the person who's creating the restriction yeah, me, that's true. by me putting a sign up that says don't jump while someone else is in the water that doesn't mean that i have forced you then to jump because someone else when someone else is in the water or that i've jumped when someone else is in the water it's just a sign that i've made to say don't do it. And I think for God, again, he gives us such liberty. And we see that original sin, uh, that sin of Adam and Eve where they eat the fruit and he gave them very little restriction. And despite, you know, people saying, oh, well, then, you know, God has also created evil if evil exists because everything comes from God. I think it's not that God has created evil, but evil is automatically conceptualized by putting restrictions in. So it's an interesting topic. It's an interesting thought. If you have any thoughts, 0491 The point I'm ultimately making is there's just no case you can make that God is responsible for sin. Absolutely. He didn't force anyone to do anything. No. Like he he gave everyone up to their free choice. But I think the amazing thing is, is that now that he we have sinned, and we have, you know, created that separation from God, that God is then doing everything he possibly can to save us. And we now have a choice to participate in that. We don't deserve it, um, but God has done it. Now, we're also considering our Bible study here, worshipping the creator. And that's specifically today as well. We're considering the idea that we worship God 
uh, because he is creator. Hey, I just got another text message from Freco. He says, Jesus and all his mates had long hair. Manscaping is as fo- follows evil into the end time. Oh, so oh, that's hilarious. I, I think I think Freco's having having a gaff with us. I think I think Freco's is joking around. Yeah, if Jesus had long hair, then it's a sin to have long hair. But hey, doesn't Paul also recommend being clean shaven and well put? Hey, we'll we'll <laughs> we'll see, we'll see. But okay, worshiping the Creator, Revelation chapter fourteen and verse seven. Blair, do you think you could read that one for us? Absolutely. Revelation chapter 14 and verse 7, we read in God's word, it says this, saying with a loud voice, fear God and give glory to him for the hour of his judgment has come and worship him who made heaven and earth, the sea and springs of water. Mm. Wow. This is a, this is an awesome text. You know, the, the, the three angels messages, the messages we've been unpacking in our study series. And this is the first the first message, we've looked at the whole idea of fearing God and giving glory to Him. We've looked at the hour of His judgment. And we focus today on this idea of worshipping Him who made heaven and earth, the sea and springs of water. Um, mm. Wow, what a call to worship. Yeah, absolutely. Now, we've been seeing so far that God is the only and the singular one who possesses the credentials for worship because he is creator. That's right. But now we see that he also possesses the credentials for judgment as well, that he has the right to judge. And for what reason? Oh, it's because he is creator. Um, Why do you think God, you know, God's position as creator then gives him the right to judge the earth? Yeah, well, you know, if he's our creator, then he has the rights over us and he guides uh, you know, he sets what's right and wrong. He has that objective moral morality that he puts in nature and uh, builds into each of us. Mm. You're listening to The Breakfast Show. Contact us on 0491-064-669. Yeah, absolutely. So because of his occupation as the position of creator, the fact that he's created everything... I, I, I can imagine, it, again, if I could use another story, another analogy. Uh, Blair, you let me borrow your car. And what, what are you driving at the moment? A Land Cruiser? That's uh, right. A, a Land Cru- okay, so I borrow your Land Cruiser. And, you know, that's something that you would love to let me do because we're good friends and you know how good of a driver I am and, you know, that I would really appreciate driving your Land Cruiser and I don't know, whatever. I'm, I'm just coming up with reasons why you should let me use your Land Cruiser. Or, nice try. You know, let's, 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 nice try. let's, let's do another <laughs> one. Let's do another one. Even, even for, Blair, you let me borrow your motorcycle. Oh, yeah. Yeah, and you're like, oh, Lawson, he's a really good motorcycle rider and I know he'll look after it and da-da-da-da and I'm happy to do this because he's my friend. You let me borrow your motorcycle. And then after one week, you come to collect and you come over to my place to pick it up. And I'm like, oh, Blair, thank you so much for letting me use your motorcycle. And you're like, no worries. Hey, where's the bike? I'm like, hey, it's just, you know, over out the front of my shed. And then we go over to my shed and you look down and you see that your bike is all scratched up and the tires are flat and the mirrors are broken and it won't start because the battery's flat and and the like the forks and the handlebars are bent and out of shape you know all kinds of not cool not yeah (laughs) not cool things um do you then have the right to pass a judgment and that you know yeah because it's mine because it's 
course, exactly. It could, because you own it. Um, you own the motorcycle. You paid for the motorcycle, and now I've made you know consider. I've cons- damaged the motorcycle considerably, uh, which will cost you money and will cost you time. And so you pass judgment and you say, "Oh, well, firstly, Lawson, you're never using my motorcycle again. Secondly, Lawson, um, you're gonna have to you know pay for this and." whatever it may be, you pass a judgment and that is your right because it's your property and it's your, you know, it's, it's your things that are being affected. When we look at this world as God's creation, we also need to consider the flip side of that idea that, well, this, this well, it's the other side of the same coin, really, that if God has created everything, then God owns everything. Absolutely. And even it's expressly says that in scripture, you know, it says um, in first Corinthians Chapter 6, I think it is, where it says, you are purchased at a price. You are not your own. Mm. Through the merit, through what Jesus has done, he's purchased each and every single one of us, besides creating us. He already created us and has the right to ownership in that regard, mm. but then redeemed and purchased us through Jesus. We are not our own. Absolutely. So he owns us, um, and he has rights over us to judge us as well. Absolutely. And so as we've been talking about, as much as God enables free choice, there is, there has to be... A reckoning day. Uh, it, it, there, there has to be some level of, of collection on judgment, judgment. God doesn't just let it continue and continue and continue and continue, especially because the activities of earth are so against himself. Right, death, sin. God doesn't want this to exist in the universe, particularly if we have the view that God is an all-knowing, all-powerful, and omnipresent, all you know, present God, God having to be present in a situation in which there's sin is against his very nature. And so then, therefore, it's amazing that God does the work to solve that and will very much be able to see that. But he would naturally want that to come to an end, which is actually a fantastic argument for what you were saying before, the idea of eternal hellfire, why we don't necessarily believe in that, is because why would God permit something to continue forever that he wants to actively end, which is sin and pain and suffering? Uh, We see that there is a limited time in which we are going to be on this earth, and pretty much all Christians can agree with that, um, on this side of eternity, you know, with sin, and then Jesus will come back, and then everything will be made new, and then everything will be put right, and then we will be living without sin. But then why would God perpetuate Mm. pain and suffering? God doesn't need to. Not not at all. And, you know, you could ask ethical questions, and it's like, oh, it's not necessarily a just just, um, form of justice against sin. And then finally, the fact that you can easily prove from Scripture that uh, yeah, that the, the the judgment and the burning and hellfire is a limited amount of time rather than a time going on forever and ever and ever. But all of that being said, we do see that God, yeah, He wants to end sin. He wants to bring about judgment, and thankfully, despite that, like He could bring about judgment at any time, and a group mm. of people could, you know, people could be saved and people could be lost. Like God can judge at any time. He reserves that right. But God is so loving, he's so amazing, he wants his creation so much, which is what we've been talking about yesterday, that um, he brings about judgment in a way in which he is trying to actively bring the judgment so that you can be saved. God wants you to be saved, he wants you, he loves you. Hey, let's have a look at some other verses in regards to this. Uh, We've got here Isaiah chapter 40 and verse 26, if you can read that for us, Blair. Lift up your eyes on high and see who has created these things. Who brings out their host by number? 
He calls them by name, by the greatness of his might and the strength of his power. No one is missing. Mm. I love this. Lift up your eyes to see the judgment. And I, I love that idea. No one is missing. You know, this huge cataclysmic event that's going to be, you know, happening. And we lift up our eyes to see, you know, again, it's given, it's giving credentials here. It says the person who created all things, who brings out the host by number, he calls them by name, the greatness of his might and the strength of his power. You know, God is mighty and powerful. Just like many things you could say are mighty and powerful. You could say maybe Satan is mighty and powerful, being a powerful angel. But ultimately, again, God possesses that position as the creator and the sustainer of all things, which gives him that right to judge. But then as we've been talking about, if we see our next passage, can you read for us John 1, 1 to 3? Absolutely. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was in the beginning with God. All things were made through him, and without him nothing was made that was made. Yeah, absolutely. Again, solidifying his position, he <laughs> would we be having this great controversy? You know, would we be facing judgment, which we've been talking about as like a positive thing because judgment is fantastic for those who are on the right side. Uh, would we even be facing judgment, facing sin, having life or breath or you know, any of those things without God? No. The, the answer is, yeah. the answer is absolutely not. You know, there is just times that we need to live up to the responsibilities of those who have given so much. And, and the phrase that goes along with that, it's like, don't bite the hand that feeds you. Uh-huh. Uh, you and I both work jobs and yeah, sure. You could work a job and you could be in very unfair conditions and you could fight for those, you know, better conditions. But if you're in a good situation where you're working a job and getting paid appropriately, is it, you know, if, if the, the money that is, you are receiving from your work is then sustaining you, could you, I, it's amazing. We live in a first world country where we do have rights and there are, you know, ethical Mm. things in which there are boundaries that, shouldn't be crossed and we we have the right to stand. But if everything is going right, if everything is going good, you know, and a company is paying you to do a certain job and to live up to certain expectations, do you then have the right to say, ah, actually you should keep paying me, but I'm not going to live up to those expectations um, because yeah, I don't care anymore. It's not a recommended move. Yeah, absolutely. If you want to end up with a bad resume and no references, <laughs> yeah, we wholeheartedly commend you on going down that route. But if you want to, uh, yeah, if you want to stay in the workforce, you w- you just wouldn't do it because it, it, it's it's clear. Like our world is in some way, you can say that things are deserved, things are transactional, and God's deserved transaction from us is that worship because of what He's done in creating us. You know, I think I think it's it's cool here to see this clear connection between the judgment and creation, which is really what's being drawn out here. That you know, the, that message that God gives to prepare the world at the end of time is that His judgment hour has come, and He gives prepar- or He He the the credentials that give him the right to judge are his creative power. And, um, yeah, I, you know, there's this text in Romans chapter 1, verse 20. It says, For since the creation of the world, his invisible attributes are clearly seen, being understood by the things that are made, even his eternal power and Godhead, so that they, men, are without excuse. And this is, again, another uh, pointing to God as creator, uh, so that we ultimately, this this is a reference here to the fact that we ultimately will have to answer before God because he is our creator. We're without excuse. Uh, when When we stand before the judgment seat of God, we will have to answer because God is creator. There's a very clear link be- 
between creation and judgment um, as we're seeing in this study. Yeah, absolutely. And I think then there's a conversation to be had about, you know, he, he deserves that respect and he deserves to judge because he is creator. But then also he's in the position um, to judge or he has the biggest right to judge because he understands his creation the best. Correct. He understands us the best. And, and so then he is then perfectly qualified. You know, he he has his doctorate. He has his PhD. He's in the perfect position. You're listening to The Breakfast Show Podcast on Faith FM. Positively different. Hey, we are going to have our final clue for the quiz this morning. Indeed we are. Who am I? Tamar is my sister and Solomon, my brother. My name begins with an A. Mm-hmm. If you think you know the answer to that quiz question, you can text it or call into 0491064669 and get your name in the running to win our prize this week, which is three books from Dr. Paul White's Jungle Doctor series, missionary stories from his time in Africa. Definitely worth getting your hands on. So that clue one more time. Tamar is my sister. Solomon is my brother. My name begins with an A. Text or call through to 0491064669. Mm, absolutely. You're listening to the Bible, or the breakfast show, where Amen. we're talking about we talk the Bible. about the Bible. <laughs> Amen. Amen. Hey, we've got some questions here. Firstly, we've got one from Wayne. He says, good morning, blessings. Can you tell me again quickly why Satan was sent to the earth to tempt us? If Satan didn't come, we would only know obedience to God. Thank you. What That's, do you think? It's a good question. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, look, I think, you know, uh, happy for you to jump in too, Lawson, but, you know, when God... Yeah, and, and Brad kind of touched on this as well. When God created Lucifer, he created everyone with freedom of will, and he didn't destroy Lucifer straight away. And some have, and this really gets to that point, why didn't he destroy him? If he had just destroyed him, we wouldn't have actually known what evil was, mm-hmm. etc. Um, I like to share it with an analogy. Um, you know, if, if, if I invited you over my meal. Oh, classic. You, I you love, love this one. I love this yeah, one. Yeah. I invited yeah. you over my house for a meal, Lawson, and, um, you come and, and sit at the table with me and my, my dad's there and I'm there. And I, I say to you, Hey, look, my dad beats me. <laughs> oh, which is, which is not, I mean, that's actually a sad reality that happens mm-hmm. in some places, but. It doesn't happen in my experience. Yeah. Uh, but I, but I say this, right? I say, my dad, but I beat me. He does all these mean things to me. And dad's like, no, that's not true. I don't do any of that. Mm. And then he takes me out the back and you, you're sitting at the table and you can hear from the back room, ouch, ouch, ouch. Yeah. Who are you going to believe? Uh, probably you, right? You're going to believe me, right? Yeah. Straight away because my dad's actions have just demonstrated exactly the charge that was placed against him. Right, and and this is in in a in a sense um, what God's trying to deal with here as well. Mm-hmm. When Satan provides these accusations against God that he's unjust, he's unfair, he his law can't be followed, he's he's a dictator, mm-hmm. um, and then if then you know Satan makes these accusations and God just destroys him then and there. Mm-hmm. That's going to, in many ways, confirm the accusations. Leave, and Brad put it this way: it's going to leave question marks in people's minds. Yeah. But but he, but instead, he's sent down, uh, and he God allows the principles of His kingdom to be demonstrated in the great controversy here on earth. And yeah. so we see it. We, the world sees it. The unfallen world sees it. We see it. And on the other side of this thing, we all say, "Hey, that was God's. God is just. He's absolutely." Good. I have a question uh, for Wayne, and the question is: Who tempted Satan? To sin. And because the point that it's making here, it's like if Satan didn't come, we would only know obedience to God. And I 
don't necessarily think that's true because the question is, well, who tempted Satan? Pride rose up in his own heart. That's right. It was Satan himself. God had already given the opportunity for humanity to sin. Correct. By Before the Satan character is introduced, the tree is put there, which we know would exist without, with or without Satan. Um, as a test um, of, as as just a, f- a physical, real litmus test Correct. before the people as to their standing and their relationship with God. And so the tree would already exist. The potential to be disobedient for, to God, towards God already exists. Unfortunately, the situation of, you know, um, the human world is that we were given a little bit of a push, right? That's or right. you could say we were, we were tempted. We were we were tempted further than just the existence of the tree, which is you could say that for Satan again he didn't necessarily receive that push. It was just from his own heart. Pride rose up, as you said, and so yeah, that idea that if Satan didn't come, we would only know obedience to God isn't necessarily true, because God had already stipulated that there is a possibility to be disobedient. That's right. Uh, so yeah, Satan coming. This is the thing. We could have just not listened to Satan. That's right. Satan didn't force us to sin either. This is this is where we're simultaneously victims but also perpetrators. Satan didn't force us to sin. We listened to Satan. We were like, we we looked our human parents and even us up until this day heard Satan say that God is you know a tyrannical you know this that and the other, and we looked around at a world in which God had completely created. We looked at ourselves, which God had completely created. We looked at a garden, which God had completely created. We looked at all the amazing, awesome things that we had, which God had completely created. And we said, oh, you know what? I'm going to listen to this snake instead. Our decision to sin is just not rational. Yet we did it. Now we have this will uh, broken and bent towards participating in sin. And it's it's like, wow, how could we do something so ridiculous, yet we did it? And when we look at it like that, then we come to the conclusion like, wow, maybe God should get rid of us. Like, we, we really are fallen. We really are. We, we've done something that is just not justifiable in any way, shape, or form, yet God saves us. Wow. And that's the message of the gospel. Absolutely. Like, it is. we have done everything wrong. There is no justification for our actions Yet God saves us anyway. We've been incredibly blessed. So, uh, yeah. Oh, thanks for the question, Wayne, and for for reaching out. And I think that then informs us, like, okay, then God has done every everything for us. He's created us. He's redeemed us. And we're talking about, okay, well, the hour of His judgment has come. He has every right to judge. We want to get through the judgment, and then it says the prescription is worship Him. Quickly before we get out we actually in that verse in revelation 14 and and verse 7 we have the longest quotation from the old testament within there as he was saying to us uh, absolutely absolutely and this is this is actually really amazing one of the best ways to understand the book of revelation is to look at the place the 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 book of revelation is almost over half made up of quotes and allusions from the old testament so when we're trying to understand the book of revelation we go back to those allusions and quotations and this little phrase that we've been looking at um uh, worship him who made heaven and earth, the sea, and springs of water is actually a quotation. It's the longest one in the book of Revelation from the Old Testament, and it's taken directly from the Ten Commandments, the the fourth commandment, the Sabbath commandment, where we read uh, to remember the Sabbath day to keep it holy. Six days you'll labor, do all your work, mm-hmm. um, but the seventh day is the Sabbath of the Lord your God. You sh- in it you shall do no work. You nor your son, nor your daughter, nor your male servant, nor your female servant, um, even the stranger that's within your gates. 
Uh, for in six days, and this is where God again appeals to his credentials as creator, for in six days the Lord made the heaven and the earth, the sea, and all that is in them. And mm. in, in the Septuagint, the Greek translation of the Old Testament, it d- talks about, it, it uses this exact same phrase that we see in Revelation chapter 14, verse 7. And so we see here in this fir- first angel's message a connection directly to the Sabbath commandment. Uh, because this, again, this Sabbath is a memorial of God as creator. This is the the thing that points to God as creator. Mm. And so as we think about the judgment hour, as we think about this message that goes out to the world in the last days to prepare the world for his second coming, there's something about God as creator. There's something about the Sabbath that is especially important for believers in the last days to be remembering and thinking about as we prepare for the second coming of Jesus Christ. Mm. Absolutely. So, guys, let us prepare. Let us be ready. Let us worship him in spirit and in truth. Lay our hearts before him so that we can be ready. So not only is he our judge, he is our advocate. He is standing in place for us, representing us, and and being our mediator. Oh, I love it so much. We are truly in a win-win-win situation. And, hey, keeping the Sabbath is pretty good as well. Amen. It's definitely not a burden. It, it <laughs> is a blessing. You're listening to The Breakfast Show Podcast on Faith FM, positively different. We were just talking to producer Shell in the break there, all about her break uh, that she has had on her on her limbs, uh, well, specifically her left arm and, uh, you know, just, just the, the recovery that she's going Ouch. through. But she's an absolute trooper. She's here with us today, all slinged up, but, you know, putting those songs in, writing down, you know, your guys' names into to the answers and pushing those buttons, just absolutely getting it done, as a great producer does. But... Blair, we've come to the end of, well, almost the end. We're second last segment here. And we have the answer for the quiz now. We do. And uh, the answer, of course, well, I'll read through the clues. Sure. And then I'll give the answer after I've read them all. Uh, It's the Who Am I quiz. It says, I told the people of Israel that if I was in charge and they came to me with a complaint, I would see that they got justice. This is what that person said. Um, after I had my brother killed, two years passed before I could see the face of the king. I slept with my father's concubines in the sight of all Israel. Yikes. My hair grew so heavy I had to cut it. It weighed 20 shekels by the royal standard. And lastly, Tamar was my sister and Solomon my brother. My name begins with an A. The answer, of course, is Absalom. Mm. And uh, so, some of our viewers, uh, listeners texted in and a got bunch that, of correct. Um, but what a, what story. Yeah, um, it is like, I think, a prime example in the Bible of someone with so much potential for good. Yeah. But it, I think it's a really a story of the way that your environment can affect you. Yeah. Because Absalom, he's tall, he's handsome, he's well-spoken, he has good status amongst the people. But because of it ongoing, uh, essentially vengeance or, you know, this it's kind of like a, a revenge plot against his father who he believed is, is, is responsible for, you know, not taking better care of the rest of his family. Yeah. He, he causes significant trouble for David. Well, that's right. Yeah. And it's, you could look at that situation like, wow, look at the way that Absalom did all these terrible things to David, but it's also a, it kind of speaks to, what poor fatherhood can actually lead to. And, you know, it's interesting as well that that through that whole episode of Absalom kind of leading a rebellion against 
his father David and, mm. you know, all of the, you know, killing the brother, all of these things, going and hiding. He got quite a following and, you know, led that conspiracy against David. But the whole time, David didn't really... David was trying to... I guess he didn't uh, want to see any harm come to Absalom as a, mm. as a dad, you know, I suppose would always feel, even though Absalom was really leading a rebellion against mm. him. And, um, yeah, it was really... he when, when Absalom ended up eventually dying um, at the hands of uh, Joab, um, he was actually really sad he and he inc- mourned over he it. He was incredibly sad. Yeah. Yeah. So it's 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 a tragic story. Absalom is one of wasted potential and huge tragedy in the Bible, but it's also it, it spoke to David as a lesson as to, you know, it, and it speaks to us today as a lesson as to why it is that vengeance is is something that we should let go of and and forgiveness is something we should practice and following God is is ultimately so important putting him first and prime in our life rather than ambition or whatever it may be because it, it leads to something like this you know and another th- lesson i think that jumps out of this story is you know the consequences of our decisions mm. you know you see you see him killing his brother um where, which his brother by the way did some terrible you know the whole abner situation with um you know, s- s- seducing Tamar, Tamar, his sister. Oh, just like this raping is, her. Yeah, that's it's right. Terrible. It's shocking stuff. And mm. so you could understand why he would be angry about this, but it led him to take his life. And um, and then, you know, the consequence of that is that he, he had had, a run, had to go away from home, run away in hiding. Uh, you know, the consequences of our decisions have... When we partake in sin, it has big consequences mm. in our lives. Absolutely. And it can send the trajectory of our lives in a very unfortunate direction. Mm. Uh, and so really a lesson for us is to sin doesn't pay. Mm. It doesn't. It always destroys and it always kills, but God is wanting to pay. <laughs> if we if we live for God, he pays and he is wanting to give us so much. And I think that, yeah, we can reflect on a sad story like this and be sad about how much of a tragedy it is, but then think, hey, I don't need to end up here. Yeah. And Blair, we've come to the end of the show. So sad. Yeah. We, un- unlike yesterday when we got to the end of the show and it was very, very cloudy outside, I look outside today and I see some sunshine. Which Beautiful. Is fantastic. But you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to get Go in my study. car. I'm going to drive down to the library and I'm going to study. And it's going to be amazing. It's going to be really fun. I'm actually making a video today for Mother's Day as well. Um, for my church, I'm going to be going around asking people, you know, what they love about their moms, Beautiful. memory about their moms. Um, and I'm, I'm thinking about, you know, some comedic elements to put into it because <laughs> funny videos are always the best videos. Absolutely. I just, I just, something that makes you laugh is something that's good. So, hey, that, that's what I'm up to today. What are you, what are you up to today, Blair? Yeah, I'll be heading back to spend some time with my family and Mate, yeah, that just, is powerful. Just look after my wife. What make a sure testimony. she's ready to, ready to give her, uh, give birth, you know? Yeah. Put pillows around her, fan her. Oh, her okay, okay. You're going to make her feel comfortable. I was thinking maybe you would try to make some loud crashing noises to induce <laughs> pregnancy because she's really ready to go. Absolutely. Praise God. So, hey, we we might get the call. Eh? Uh, sorry, guys, can't come in, you know, or... Of course, we are ever hoping that that would happen on air because that would just be supreme content. Um, and if we're in the middle of a song break, we'd have to make you wait here and then reenact it so that then oh, we would wow. get it on the microphones. But um, no, fantastic. Praise God for the miracle of childbirth. Yeah, it's beautiful. Absolutely. Something to look forward to. And hey, I don't know what you guys are up today, up to today, but... 
I hope that you are following Jesus. I hope that you're spending Amen. time with him. And I hope that you're taking time to talk faith, to live faith, and to act faith, because then you'll grow strong in Jesus Christ. You've been listening to The Breakfast Show. God be with you till we meet again. Thanks for being a part of the Faith FM family. Join our community on Facebook or get in touch at 1-800-FAITH-FM.